You see, one of the strategies of restoration is in the process of your restoration, you have to be hospitable to people, even strangers, well, because you never know who is connected to your restoration. Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. I believe God wants to release the spirit of restoration. In Isaiah 42, verse 22, God begins to show us how much he belongs for his people to cry for restoration. For restoration. It says they have become a prey and no one delivers. No one delivers. A spoil and no one says restore them. No one says, or oh, cries, restore, restore, restore. I believe God wants us to cry for restoration. When we have been plundered in any area of our life, whether it's in our health, in our finances, in our family dynamics, we need to cry for restoration. Because Jesus already told us the thief comes, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That means that that, that, that that very statement of Jesus implies that when the thief has done his part, when the thief has come into our life, he has stolen, he has killed. You know, God wants to bring restoration. So here in the book of Isaiah, it says, no one is crying for restoration. That tells me that the speed of restoration doesn't come automatically. You, you have to want it. You have to want restoration for restoration to be activated into your life. See, God does the restoration, but the activation, it belongs in the hands of the person who has been plundered by the enemy. The one who has been made a spoil of by the enemy, he is the one or she is the one who are upon the, the owners to cry for restoration. The trigger for restoration is in the hands of the person who has been planted. That is very smart of God to make it that way. Because nobody should be interested in your restoration more than you. Because you know the value of what was taken away from you. So God says in Isaiah 42, 22, that nobody's crying for restoration. The implication is he wants you and I to cry for restoration. So I'm going to be looking at some powerful stories in the Bible of restoration. But first, I want to show you the law of restoration. The law of restoration, if you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 6, Beginning from verse 30, we're going to be looking at one of the most powerful laws of redemption in the Bible, what I call the law of restoration. Now, if you notice that the word restore 
is actually made up of two words, store and the word and the prefix re, re, return, uh, restore, release. These words imply that you first had something, you first had something. It implies, whenever you see the word re, it implies a prior ownership of that position. Okay? You cannot return, you cannot return unless you had been there before. Return. Okay? Unless you had turned in that place before, you can return. So return implies that you are getting back to the turn that you took before. That's what the return means. Okay? So, release means you are the lease. Okay? That now, that, 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 that you're going back to. So, restore means something was in your storehouse that is now being returned. It's being restored. It's being repacked, refilled. That means you are filled before. Now you are being filled. You have to be filled before you can be refilled. So that's why it's important for you to understand the, the power of this word restore in the English language. That means God gave you something, put something in your storehouse. But because of circumstances, because of life, in, in, and in some of your cases, because of the COVID pandemic or pandemic, whichever, uh, uh, angle you see it from, the reality is there's been a devastation that has been caused by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. People have lost their jobs in some cases. People have lost businesses in their some cases. There's been great losses that have happened to people. While it is true, some have supernaturally prospered, but the reality is a lot of people, that has not been the case. Which means that in 2021, God, being who he is, is going to be looking for ways to partner with you and I in the realm of restoring what the enemy has taken. So this is why I want you to understand the law of restoration. Because my desire for you today is that in my teaching, is going to create in your spirit a cry for restoration. That in your spirit there will come this tenacious, bodacious cry for restoration. Because how many know God is big enough to honor his own word? And if God is telling you to cry for restoration, is because he knows he can answer the cry for restoration. Otherwise, there would not be so much scripture in the Bible, about a God who restores all things. So in the book of Proverbs, we are brought into direct contact with the law of restoration. And I'm telling you, when you begin to understand the law of restoration, you're going to begin to understand why God sometimes gives you things that he knows the enemy is going to be baited into stealing. So God can give you something better than what you lost. So I believe that there is a place in God where God may allow 
He's not the one doing it, but he allows the enemies to be, to bait himself into stealing something God gave you so that God can now come, come to you uh, and then impress it upon your spirit to begin to cry for restoration. Because in restoration, you're going to find out that you don't get what you lost. You get more than you lost. Look at the law of restoration. People do not despise a thief. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. And yet, when he's found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Wow. So he says, people don't despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself because you're starving to death. There is a human compassion that is built in that. That people say, you know what? You know, he was, you know, he, he, he stole a piece of bread. He was hungry. And yet the Bible says, when the thief is still found, he must restore sevenfold. Now remember, Jesus already told us in John 10, 10, that, the, that Satan is a thief. Now, what makes Satan different from any other thief is Satan doesn't steal because he's hungry. He steals because he wants to destroy your life. He wants to kill something God gave you. He's the worst kind of thief. But when he's found, when, he's, when the thief is found, then he must be made to pay Sevenfold. He must restore sevenfold. In other words, there are punitive damages that are built into restoration. Now, those who have uh, taken those who have taken insurance companies uh, uh, to court because of an accident or different things, or people have suffered uh, some injury at the job, they understand what punitive damages are. It's when the jury decides, you know what. We, we are going to award this, they have suffered, uh, and it, it was the fault of the company. They should have been more careful, whatever was the case. And the jury decides to award punitive damages. They get more, more than they could have ever imagined. So it's, so the law of restoration seems to be codified even in the laws of man. But the law of restoration, my friend, is just that much more powerful in the kingdom because God is a God who created everything. So literally when the devil steals from you, he's stealing from God. But God, but God wants to, but God on earth partners with man to do anything. God doesn't, see, God doesn't do anything on earth without connecting with man. At some point, there has to be a divine there has to be a divine partnership between man and God. There's got to be every time. There's no move of God that has ever taken place where God acted unilaterally in, in, in spite of man's involvement. If there's a revival, there's a man involved. If there's a revival, there's God and man coming together and then that move of God breaks out. Every move of God involves man, you know. That's why if you haven't got my book on the battle of altars, you want to get that book, the battle of altars, because it explains why God never works in the earth without requiring a cooperation for man.
That being the case and that being God's pattern, it means that even in the arena of restoration, God is going to require the man that has been robbed of the blessings of God to go to God and say, God, according to your word, if I find the thief, I have the legal right to come in the court of heaven and demand that I get compensated for, for my trouble. I have a legal right before God by scripture to come before the Lord and say, God, your word says you shall bless me double for my trouble. I've gone through a lot of trouble because the devil stole this, stole my time, he stole my car, he stole my family. I want a restoration. You see, when you begin to God, to God and begin to put pressure on something he has said in the incorruptible word of God, then guess what? God has to get involved in order to honor the integrity of his own word. But then therefore creating a partnership between the person who has been robbed and the God who restores all things. And the thief, and the, and the thief has been found. And who is the thief? Satan. So the law of restoration goes into effect when the thief is found. Because you cannot have a lawsuit if you don't know who is the one. You don't have a law, you can't have a lawsuit unless you know who you are suing. I mean, you I mean, you can't even, I mean, you can't, you know, you, in other words, if, 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 if your insurance company is Geico, you can't go and sue, state, uh, state, uh, uh, um, um, you can't go and, 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 and sue an, another insurance company. The, 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 I mean, you have no standing. If your insurance company is, is Geico, then guess what? Geico is going to have to be the one that if they are liable, then they're the one that needs to be sued. And ultimately, they end up settling the lawsuit. The point is, the one, the, the one, who, the one who must be sued in a lawsuit must first be found before, before the court can even hear the case. So God operates by the same premise. Once the thief who was stolen from you is found. That's why it is a waste of time to fight flesh and blood. That's what the Bible tells us. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. You have to understand that when there's a loss of any kind, there is a spirit dimension behind it. And I'm telling you, 99% of the time, Satan or a spirit working for him is in play in the background, moving the strings along. When you can determine what the thief is, you can go into the court of heaven and begin to ask for restoration. Begin to ask for what? restoration. And as you do that, God begins to move in the realm of, the, of, the, of restoration. This may explains what happens to King David in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30. King David comes back to Ziglag where he was staying uh, before, he became, before he became king uh, um, in Israel. The Bible says that uh, in 1 Samuel 30, Verse 1, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. Now why is the scripture identifying the Amalekites? Because the Amalekites are the thief in the story. And when they are found, restoration must begin. I want to see the law of restoration in an actual story. So the Bible begins by identifying who is the thief in this story of restoration? Who comes to ransack the house of David? It's the Amalekites. 
It is the Amalekites. The Bible wants you to know. So therefore, you applying the law of restoration on this story, we can see where this story is going to end up with. It's going to end up at some point. David has to find the Amalekites to get his restoration. He cannot find the Moabites. They didn't, they didn't run sack him. He couldn't find the Egyptians. They did not run sack him. He had to find the Amalekites. So they came, and the Bible says, they burned with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burnt with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, you see, sometimes some losses are so real that you end up having to cry. You know, there's nothing wrong with crying your way through something. But when you are finished your crying, you better cry for restoration. You better begin to say, okay, God, I've wiped my tears. I've cried long enough about the situation. How do I get restored? That is the next embassy of your journey. So, David, they're crying because they're crying because they, 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 until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ainon the Jezerite, and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his own sons and his daughters. They wanted to stone David. I can understand their human emotion. They blame David for having taken them away from their home to go to war. They're thinking, are we, are, are we not follow David as our leader to try to go into war? Would have been home when the Amalekites come, would have a chance, would have had a chance to fight for the preservation of our families. I get it. But here's the problem though. Blaming David does not activate the law of restoration because David is not the thief. David is not the one that burned the houses. David is not the one that stole from them. He was a victim as they were of the Amalekites. So the law of restoration doesn't begin by stoning David. As a matter of fact, that would have guaranteed they killed the whole process. But David understood the kingdom. Thank God for somebody who understands the kingdom. That's why you need to have friends and friends around you that understand the kingdom. You need to have people around you who understand how the kingdom works because they can serve you from blowing it up, from blowing up your a, a moment of breakthrough that God is trying to give you because you can get out of emotions and begin to operate in the laws of the kingdom. But one of the laws of the kingdom is the law of restoration. So David, then David said to Abiath, but David strengthened himself in the Lord is God. That's verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this trap? Shall I overtake them? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. Why would God say that to David? Because David now has triggered the law of restoration. He said, God, shall I pursue the trope? Now remember, this he is saying, shall I pursue the trope? Because he did not know who the troop was. 
We know by the, by Bible because we have the uh, we have the we have the uh, the the uh, the benefit of hindsight because the scriptures are already written. David did not know what attacked him. He did not know the Amalekites attacked him until much later in the story. You see, but the thing is, he knew a troop had attacked his place. But to begin the, the, the process of recovery or restoration, he had to inquire of the Lord. He had to ask God. That tells me that restoration involves talking to God because there are strategies of restoration. There are strategies of restoration. I pray to God that in 2021, God is going to fine-tune your ear until you can hear his voice so accurately and clearly because God longs to give you and I in 2021 the law, the, the uh, strategies of restoration. Strategies of restoration. Plans of restorations. Ideas of restoration. Hallelujah. That's why you need to involve God. You see, restoration cannot happen without partnering with God. So the first thing David does to begin to move towards recovery or restoration is to inquire of God, which brings God into the equation, brings God into a partnership with David. And together they are locked into this one idea that restoration or recovery is possible for a man who has been plundered by the enemy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So David went, he and the 600 men who are with him, and came to the brook Besra, where do those where those stayed were left behind, where those who stayed were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary they could not cross the brook Bishur. Then they found an, an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they gave him water to drink, and they gave him a piece of cake of figs, and two clusters of raisins, so that he had, when he had eaten, his strength returned back to him, for he had eaten no bread or drunk no water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite. You see now, David is about to find out the identity of the thief who had stolen from him. Therefore, Proverbs 6 verse 30 cannot be triggered. If the thief is found, he must restore sevenfold. But the thief must be found. He can't remain ambiguous. He must be identified. Hallelujah. For some of you listening to me, the thief in your life has been the spirit of sorrow. The thief in your life has been the spirit of rejection. The thief in your life, come on somebody, has been the spirit of pride. But the day it is found and you see it, then guess what? You can prosecute that spirit and begin to get what that spirit has already stolen from you. So David now finds out through this young Egyptian that he was, he was a servant of the Amalekite. He says, my master left me behind. Because three days ago, I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Chelites in the territory which belongs to Judah, of the southern area of Caleb, and we burnt Ziglag with fire. Ziglag was David's house 
hometown. So now he's found a man who's connected directly to the thief who took his family and his, and his children. Glory to God. Now restoration can truly move forward. You see, one of the strategies of restoration is in the process of your restoration, you have to be hospitable to people, even strangers, because you never know who is connected to your restoration. What would have happened had David just found this young man and been as ruthless to this young man as his master was who had left him behind? He could have killed him and he would have killed him with information and would have left David to his own restoration. But David was, was took him on, he, uh, he took care of him, he revived him. That tells me that somewhere along this journey of restoration, our restoration is connected to us being generous and kind to people that maybe we don't, we, we, maybe people we don't even think can benefit us in any way, but you just never know what people are carrying in God's plan of restoration. Well, this Egyptian was carrying intelligence and a direct connection to the Amalekites who had David's family. So now David was able to locate them because remember there was no GPS in those days, there was no campus. So now he knows how to find them. And David says this, he said, and listen to him, can you take us down to the truth? So he said, swear to me by God that you neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I'll take you down to this truth. And when he had brought him down there, they were there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all the Malachites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking. Can you imagine at the end of 2021, you can say nothing of, my, of mine is lacking. Whatever the COVID it took has been restored fully. Nothing of my life is lacking. That's the kind of God we serve. Francis Miles Church Online. That's why I want you to believe God because God is speaking to me as your man of God. This is how 2021 is going to be for you and I. It's going to be a year of restoration. A year where you can say, God, what was taken by the COVID, what was taken by the chaos of the pandemic has now been restored into my life by the Spirit of God. And nothing of theirs was lacking, neither small or great, sons or daughters, nor spoil or anything with that taken from them. David recovered all. He was God restored. But remember... He didn't just get what he lost in Judah. He got what they stole, what the Amalekite had stolen from another country called the Philistines. So when David came back, he came back with more than he lost. The sevenfold had been fulfilled. He came back with all more than he lost because restoration does not guarantee you what you lost. Restoration guarantees you more than you lost. Maybe it's why sometimes God allows a thief to overplay his hand and steal from God's children. So once he takes the bait, then God comes to you and says, can you cry for restoration? And together we work together to see your restoration come forth. Now listen, I am not out of revelation, I'm just out of time. So here's what I wanna do. The first thing God wants to restore in your life is your soul. For Jesus died to restore our soul back to God. 
You may be listening to me right now and you, maybe you have not given your life to Jesus. If you're one of those people who have not given your life to Jesus, the first thing God wants to restore is your relationship with God. 1989, God restored my, 1989, I, God, restored back to God. Today, you can be restored back to God. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth, Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. I want you to pray this prayer after me. And then I want you to write us, let us know that you got saved, you got born again. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I realize that I am a sinner, but Jesus died for me to have a relationship with God. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus today as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for washing me from all my sins by the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me today with the spirit of sonship by which I will be able to cry to God, Abba, Father. Thank you, Lord, that I'm now born again. I'm a child of God. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know about it. I want you to just email us. Let us know. Let us know that you have been saved by the Spirit of God. We want to do something to help you in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus. Now there are people watching me today that your restoration is different. Maybe it's your marriage that needs to be restored. Maybe it's your relationship with your children that needs to be restored. I sense an anointing for restoration on me right now. So wherever you are, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, you are, say, Heavenly Father, you are the God of restoration. Your kingdom includes the law of restoration. Heavenly Father, I realize that I have been plundered by the enemy in different areas of my life. And today, Lord, I'm crying to you, restore, restore, restore. Heavenly Father, I come into partnership with you for divine restoration in my life. I prophesy and agree with God that 2021 is going to be a year of restoration for my life. Open my eyes to see the thief that has been stealing from me. And once I see the thief, Lord, as I call out that thief and prosecute that thief in the court of heaven and demand my restoration, Heavenly Father, thank you for releasing angels of restoration in my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.